Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it'll be slightly different this week. First, we are recording on a Monday night, so we don't have the team list for the upcoming game against the Broncos. And second, we have a guest host tonight. But before we reveal who that is, Scott is with me again. Scott, how good was it getting back into the stadium to rejoin the Bulldogs community? Amazing. I actually left with a smile on my face, even though I was pretty disappointed with the result, but I was left pretty happy being back at the footy. That's where I belong. Yeah, it was, it was a good experience, I thought. Um, only 3,000 in there, but um, no, lines, no lines for anything, and a uh, pretty comfortable experience watching, watching the game. Except watching it there, I forgot that the, there was the social distancing in the crowd. I was absorbed in the game, and I could hear the noise. There's a chance and everything, so I thought that was about... Eight, yes. nine, ten thousand, maybe, with the echo in the stadium. Well, the way the Souths were making noise at the other end, the Souths fans, yeah. We made a bit of noise. I think when Matoya scored, <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were back in it. Okay, uh, to help us get through this week's episode, our guest host tonight is Andrew. Andrew goes by the name Tyrannosaurus on Twitter, and he's been on this podcast before. Andrew, welcome once more. Thanks for having me again. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun on. Uh... Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, um, I was chilling up the South End, unfortunately. That's where my membership decided to put me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable to be finally back at the footy, hearing the people behind me go, get them onside, about 50 times a game. I, thought it, was, um, I thought it was interesting uh, to experience the six again and the, the bell for the first time at the live game and people cheering for a six again. Yeah, that, that, was, that was actually different. Yeah, it was very... I guess, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, the noise is very different from TV, I'll tell you that. You don't really hear it much above, above the crowd. That is true. What did you think of that, Scotty? I was just glad that I was, wasn't the only one waving my arm up and down for a six-second call. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew, since the last time we spoke, what have you... What Sorry, what have your thoughts been on the current season, and do you like the new rules that the NRL have introduced to the game? I do like the new rules. I mean, it's, it's a lot more faster. It's a lot more enjoyable. I mean, we're, you know, when we get the six again, we're a lot more passionate once we get that six again call, and it's, it, it flows a lot more better. I think the referees don't have that much um, on their head. So, yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, and I, I enjoy us, you know, trying to win the spoon at least. You know, we're, we're off to win something. <laughs> Unfortunately, Andrew, it ain't no way we're coming last. <laughs> <laughs> And what did you think of uh, the one ref? I enjoy the one ref. Um, it, there's no grey area. There's no one person thinks of one way, one person thinks of another. It's just listen to the guy on the field making the call, and that's it. You know, and we've got the captain's challenge now. They can say, oh, okay, this was wrong. They'll go check it. If wrong, goes back to what the referee said. No complaints. Yeah, I feel like the one ref, um, we've said this before, but the one ref, um, that means the referee can set a standard in the opening moments of the game, and then that standard set uh, for the whole 80 minutes. Yeah. Well, alrighty, should we get to the Lost Boys? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldogs lost to South Sydney 26-10 on Sunday night at Bankwest Stadium. I've only seen the game at the ground. I haven't seen any footage of it. But to me, I thought for us, it was an improved performance. Uh, the game plan definitely opened up South quite a bit and created a fair few opportunities for our team. But unfortunately, lack of quality in a few positions uh, caused those opportunities to go to waste. Scotty, how did you see it? 
I have to agree. I thought we played much better. I mean, if I don't know if we had there's a few times where I reckon Christian Crichton could have scored twice. I mean, the pass going forward to him, going out. Any other day, that hits him on the chest, he scores. Um, he had another opportunity on the short side. I think Nick Meany had an, a really good opportunity at the end. And he's counting those things. There's three tries there. That could be potentially 18 points. Yeah, I was, right just, there. I was just going to say, we did tally it up that we could have had three tries before halftime, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Andrew, how did you see it, mate? I, I definitely saw an improvement in us. Um, I, I sort of looked at Christian Crichton as sort of coming in a fair bit on on his edge. Um I didn't really want to see him out as a wing. I want to see him as a center. Um because he likes to yeah hang in there on the inside of the tram lines. Um and I think that if we got someone else out on the edge, he'd be fine center for us and yeah, he just needs to work on his defense a bit. Um but overall, the whole team we they all worked in unison together. Um yes, we did muck up a bit, but at the end of the day, you know, we, every team will muck up. And it's just our turn. Yeah, and from where it sounds like you're sitting, you probably had a better view of uh, those defensive decisions by Crichton. Yes, um, especially the first few minutes of the game when the South scored the first try. That was, I was sitting right on the try line, right in front of me. This try happened, and I just sort of looked at it like, well, get out a bit more, and you can, you know, stop him from running around, yeah. But yeah, what's happened's happened, and uh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was all right to watch. It was good. Good for us. Good to see improvement, but we need to improve a lot more if we want to be non-wooden spoon winners. A hundred percent. I thought, like, um, as long as the Broncos don't rally this weekend, uh, which they might after what's happened, um, we're definitely playing better than them. But, Scotty, um, you're the biggest Christian Crichton fan in the world after Andrew's comments there. Um, Uh Uh-oh. What have you got to say about that, mate? (laughs) I don't know where this biggest Christian Crichton fans come from, but I like the way he plays. That's I like the way he runs. He runs, I'll say this again, twice his size, twice his weight. And he thinks he's a prop. When He, he always is the first person to put his hand up to help out the props. He's taken the second hit up of the kickoff twice off a kickoff. Like, I don't know what that says about the props. But in that position, I actually thought, I actually counted the numbers and I, I thought South had a massive overlap. And I was like, oh crap, we've got an overlap on the they've got an overlap on us. And then Latrell Mitchell swooped around and had the extra two players. Remus was oh, sorry, Remus, yeah, was lining up against the sec- the second rower. Crichton was lining up against the center, then uh Latrell Mitchell wrapped around. So that it looked like um someone hasn't called, they're falling short. So I don't know if that was Crichton who could have maybe said, wait a second, we're a bit short on this side, or if Remus or even Dallin at the back. Someone should have seen it because I could saw that live that uh Remus was up against the back rower, not his own man, and left Crichton against the centre and an unmarked winger. So my question was more... Uh, I should have been more clear. Um, not so much that particular play. What did you think of the the idea there from Andrew that uh, Christian should be a centre? Oh, I like it. He's played centre New South Cup multiple times, and he's actually been a superstar at that, and the New South Cup level. He's never let anyone down. And I feel like he would have a better passing game than Remus Smith. I almost think a swap between them wouldn't be a bad idea. That that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I think uh, most fans actually want to see Smith out on the wing, don't they? Smith's got speed to burn on the edges, and I love speed on the edges. I think he's a bit faster than Christian. Christian's Size got, as well. Yeah, Christian's got the uh, the attitude of constantly running hard. He likes the hard work, and it brings him in a little bit. So when they someone needs to take the hard yards, he's someone who will take the hard yards and gives him an opportunity to do it a little bit more often. Smith doesn't seem to have that in him, to run the hard yards when the 
forwards aren't going forward. Like he doesn't, he's not the first who puts his hand up. It's usually Dallin or Christian who puts their hand up first. So that gives Crichton one more in. So it gives him probably another opportunity to do that again, which is his strength of his game, helping out the forwards. So, and I feel like well, what I've seen in Israel's Cup, I haven't seen him do it in top grade, but Crichton does have a passing game. And I think he'll hit his, I feel Remus bakes himself all the time. And I think he's not, I think he's a bit afraid to actually pass the ball to his winger. All right, I think we'll get into um, some players we'll uh, pick out and say who did well, who did not so well. Uh, we don't really focus on the not so well part too much. But Andrew, uh, would you like to start us here? Who did you think uh, put in a good performance? I enjoyed the uh, return of Marcelo. Um, yeah, score, scoring in his return, it, it was quite enjoyable to watch him out there running around. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's just a good bloke, I reckon. Yeah, he's been out for what, the best part of a year. I thought he he played very strong. He looked uh, he looked to have a touch of class out there. And uh, for his first game back from injury, um, I thought it was a, a very class performance. He had one try, fourteen runs, hundred and twelve meters, and forty six post contact meters. Uh, yes. PCM Scotty, we love those. Um, that's that's the most uh, post contact meters by the back five. He also made sixteen tackles, so very solid. And the two tackle breaks as well. Also, I was not a massive fan. When I actually saw Montoya's name in the team list, I'll be honest, I wasn't overly happy. I thought someone like a Morgan Harper could come in, but Montoya did very well. I was very happy with his performance. He's probably one, probably the best in the back five. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, Andrew, do you have anyone else? Um, oh, not really. I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed them all playing together. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't look at individual players unless they obviously um, don't do too well. Um, then you can find and see where the problems are, and you need to see what other players around you are working together. All right. So, is there anyone out there last night that didn't do so well? Um, I'd say, I'd say Dutchy. Um, he didn't really stand out too much for me. Um. Yeah, no, just it, it really disappointed me out there. Wasn't really my so favourite. Are you a fan of him coming off the bench to play a backup dummy half, or um, would you prefer him if he's going to play to play centre? Or what's your thoughts there? Oh, to me, if it, if it was to play dummy half, I mean, in all in all honesty, he's, he's, I don't think he's up to NRL standard. A couple of years ago, he did have you know he had a good year he had a good season and then ever since then he made it to the first grade and he hasn't you know stood up and sort of lifted himself up and to me just doesn't feel like he should be in the nrl yet okay fair enough um scotty i might just highlight two players and i might throw it to you before we go into our player of the week uh for the leaderboard and all that sort of stuff uh i've got ada tolman 52 tackles running for 158 meters um always putting in Aiden and Raymond Fatala Mariner, 104 metres and 46 tackles in his 70 minutes. I thought they were particularly strong. I have to agree. Uh, Aiden Tolman, I actually, one of the enjoyable things being behind the post at Bankwest Stadium was able to see Aiden Tolman after a try south scored after Dallin's knock on, how filthy he was and how he got a hug from Christian Crichton because he was trying to make a tackle that wasn't his man, 
and Crichton went over there to actually applaud him for the effort Tom and put in the middle of the field. You don't usually see that often happen. Oh, often happen, sorry. So yeah, he was definitely someone I was going to highlight, but you've already done it, so well done. Well, we definitely can't repeat what came out of Tom's mouth last night. It <laughs> definitely wasn't PG. It wasn't PG. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Right. Who else you got, mate? Well, I was going to actually... Well, you've already highlighted Montella Montoya, and you've highlighted Aiden Tolman, who I was going to highlight, and Raymond Vitale Mariner. So I was going to highlight Chris, uh, Nick Meany, sorry. I just looked... <laughs> Nick Meany, I thought he was pretty solid. He looked dangerous with limited opportunity. He almost got a break. You know, he was playing pretty well on the wing. I do like Nick. I feel like he might be suited better back at fullback again, but I thought Nick played a solid game. I think he should be pretty proud on his return game. How, uh, how do you see Nick Meany, Andrew? Um, not too bad. Oh, he's, he's, he sticks it out there. He's pretty, you know, pretty good out, there, out on the field. He, he's, you know, he knows where to kick the ball. Um, uh, on the on the fifth tackle, um, sometimes the fourth. Uh, is uh, is getting better. It's getting better. All righty, Scotty, lead us off with your uh, points for this week. Well, both these players have already been mentioned, so I've given one point to Marcelo Montoya. Yeah, like there, forty was absolutely outstanding. Great try. You know, you've already highlighted his stats. I thought he was was awesome. It was good to see a Bulldogs junior get a going to try and play so well. And I've given two points to another person already mentioned, Raymond Fatala Mariner. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Always looked dangerous with the ball. Scored that wonderful try as well. Um, he's just looking good on the edge. Looks good anywhere, really, Raymond. He can play on the edge, play in the middle. Because it's a good impact. So there's my points for this week. Well, already I've gone a little bit different. I've gone one point for Marcelo Montoya as well. Um, get a little bit of a run here, Marcelo. Bonus points. <laughs> That's right. One extra bonus points for being on both lists. Uh, I actually gave two points uh, to Adam Elliott. Ooh. So yeah. for 13 runs, 99 metres, 36 tackles. But mainly uh, watching him, he looked dangerous when he had the ball in his hands. That's true. He's been really well. Fortunately, we have to talk about him shortly and not so good news for Adam. That's right. It's coming up after this, yes. Uh, okay, so just a quick recaps. Uh, this is the top three for the player of the year so far. Uh, Ada Tom and Adam Elliott on seven points and Kieran Foran on six. So what do we think of that, guys? Well, Andrew, what do you think of that? Is that uh, after watching the season unfold, do you think we're on the money there or we're way off? I, I think you're on the money. I mean, I I, I enjoy watching Kieran Foran as, you know, after coming back from injury. I always love watching him on the field. I know that he's always, you know, we always see him injured and it's not a good sign to see. But when he's out in the field, man, he's an absolute master. He knows exactly where to run. Knows he, he just knows everything. He's a class of his own. Well, the last night he was unlucky not to score two tries. He slid through, bouncing through. And yeah, like, like I said, probably another day, he probably gets at least one of them. Over the line, he took the line on and looked dangerous, and it made Souths uh, second guess themselves around him. My only concern with Foran is that um, have you seen him walk uh, back from a try? He's always limping. Yeah, he doesn't seem to. Sorry, just uh, he doesn't seem to affect him why he like when he gets the ball in the game and runs around. He looks completely fine, 
But off the ball, he looks like he's he's in pain. So hopefully, he's not in too much. It looks like one of those. Um, you know, when you watch the Olympics and you watch the walkers, and as they walk, they always walk funny. That's what he looks like as he walks back from a try, <laughs> trying to keep the one foot on the ground. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you got something, Scott? Yeah, I was going to ask Andrew what was his thoughts that Luke Thompson didn't make the seventeen last night against Souths. I was disappointed. Um, I would have liked to see him out there, but again, he's only just come to the club this week. Um, I don't mind if he was to, yeah, um, keep training up a little bit at the club just to sort of try and fit in rather than just surprise on the club a week, train with the boys, and then go out the field. Um, but mate, but I would like to see him this week. Yeah, I'd have to say I agree with that. He's probably never going to play, uh, having got two free training sessions with the team. Uh, but he's a quality, world-class player, so hopefully uh, he'll be out there next week, and particularly given where we are on the ladder, I think that will be, uh, he'll be definitely playing this week. And I to, injury to uh, one of our players. I hate to disagree <laughs> with you guys, that I actually want him to have one more week off. I want him to get two weeks under his belt with field, that he hasn't done much field training at all, he's done a lot of weights and everything. I'd like to him have another week under his belt, and then return the following week after Brisbane. It's not a bad idea. All right, boys, let's jump into some Bulldogs news. Uh, we'll start with uh, Adam Elliott uh, facing season-ending surgery after suffering a dislocated shoulder that will require several months' recovery. That could be the end of Adam Elliott playing for the Bulldogs before this talk going around. Yeah, so, well, good point. Should we re-sign him? Yeah, yep, we should, but at the right price, though. I don't want to go overs for him. No, exactly right. Yeah, I agree. And how do... No, you go, Scott. I was going to say, we've got to be tough with him. Uh, I reckon we put about 500 on the table, take it or leave it. You're a Bulldogs fan as a kid. Supported the club, you're already here. 500,000 a year for three years. If he wants more than that and can get more than that, I'd, I'd probably go, okay, good luck on your next adventure. And thanks for your service. Well, it's interesting because this injury may actually help us with uh, getting him for that type of price, actually. As sad as it is for himself. And you say that with a smile. <laughs> it looked like you're a little bit happy about that one. Ooh, we get a, a quality forward for a cheaper price. <laughs> well, look, we're not happy that he's injured. Uh, but obviously, uh, we're Bulldogs fans, not Adam Elliott fans. So we're not going to follow him to Manly or or wherever he goes, if he goes somewhere else. Um but if the dogs can get a good deal out of this, then that's what we like to see. How do we see uh, the loss of Adam Elliott affecting the team going forward? Um, I see, you know, he's a good bloke. He's, he's big and is dangerous on the field. He's fast, um, good with the ball. But um, I, I think, I mean, we, we've Luke Thompson coming in. Um, I want to see how he plays first. Um because, again, I've only seen highlights of Luke Thompson. So I, I'd like to see how Luke Thompson goes in terms of replacing Adam Elliott. I think Adam will be a massive loss to us in just terms of size and speed. And also, in another way, um, I think he's taken a real leadership role this year. So losing that leadership out on the field uh, could really hurt the side as well. Well, we lose. He's probably our fastest forward. 
He's got the best footwork out of the forwards. He's got a good passing game, and he's developed a little short kicking game. I mean, last night wasn't great, but he's already got a dropout and a try assist off a kick this year. And when you look at 13s now, that's kind of gone back to the old style. Look at the top 13s in the game. You look at Jake Chavojevic, who's like a halfback. You look at Victor Radley. I know he's injured at the moment, but like another half in the middle of the field who does the tough stuff. And then Cameron Murray for South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're probably your top three locks at this current point. And they're all ball players. They've all got it a little bit quicker than the average forward. They've all got a little bit of footwork. And I'm not saying Adam's as good as Jake Trevojevic at the moment, but he definitely had the skills of Jake. And um, so it'd be massive because I don't see anyone actually filling that void as the way he does it. Well, there is a suggestion out there that um, Josh Jackson Josh Jackson should uh, go to lock. How do we feel about that? Well, we're not going to get him out for the... He won't play the 80 at lock because he's done that in the past. I remember last year with Reese Martin playing in the back row, but he won't let you down. He's probably the next best thing. A bit quicker. Got a, He can pass the ball. We know that, so he can link between the forwards. And he doesn't miss tackles. He's never going to let you down, so it's probably not a bad idea, actually. I didn't think of that, though. Uh, Andrew, forward to lap? Um, for me, I, I, again, I, I, I don't really... Um, I didn't really think of that. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea, actually. Thinking about it now, just kind of as a surprise in my head. That's why I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look for for me. Um, I prefer him to play at second row. I think he's a like, he's an out and out second row. You wouldn't put Boyd Corner into lock. So why would you put Josh Jackson there? That's the way I see it. Uh, but there is that suggestion out there. Um. Maybe Luke Thompson plays a bit of lock after he gets uh, some some um, meters in the leg, so to speak. So who do you think will come into lock then? At the moment. So now you're putting me on the spot. Wow. Okay. You did it to me. <laughs> you did it to me, and you did it to Andrew. <laughs> um, who would play lock at this moment? Hmm. I'm wondering if um, Runoff to Among Us starts the game in the front row, and Aiden Tomlin plays lock. Well, I'm, I reckon Suaso Su will play lock. Stole the thought right out of my head, Scott. <laughs> I was Great thinking Suaso Su. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's move on. And um, actually, two more bits of news uh, since we've last recorded that I wanted to speak about. Um, I don't know what you got lined up, Scotty, but um, Josh Jackson has implored the club to sign senior players Adam Elliott and Kieran Foran plus coach Dean Pay. He wants to keep them all and um, thinks it would be a mistake if we let either of those three go. Um, well, we've already talked about Adam Elliott, so we probably don't need to touch on him. Uh, thoughts on re-signing the coach and Kieran Foran? Uh, Andrew, do you want to jump in here? <laughs> um... Oh, not really. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> kind of unopinionated when it comes to the coaches. I mean, I, I always hold great respect for every coach. Um, no matter how experienced they are in NRL, they could be a Craig Bellamy or they could be, you know, um, a, a caretaker coach for all I care. They're all still in that role. And for me, re-signing Dean Pay, oh, I'm very... 
I'm I'm half and half. I would like to see him continue on, but I'd like to see him do better. I mean, he's got his team now, um, and we're not moving forward. Uh, we need something to sort of make him go, hang on, you are the coach. What can you do to improve us? What, who can you sign to improve us? Yeah, well, I'd have to disagree with one little bit that you said there, Andrew. I don't think he's got his team yet. He's been hampered by the salary cap restrictions uh, that because uh, of clubs that had, uh, uh, what do they call them, back-ended deals. Uh, <laughs> and we won't give our full uh, salary cap till next year. So I, I kind of feel sorry for Dean Pay if he wasn't given the opportunity to coach with a full salary cap. Yeah, in the, in that term, yeah, um, I, I guess so. I mean, yes, you you are right. He he doesn't have a complete full team, yeah. Um, but he does he does have a selection of the New South Wales Cup players, and we're, we've mentioned um, Morgan Harper in the past, um, and now he's you know wanting to leave, um, or well, apparently you know this is what we read, uh, but yeah, he's got a whole entire selection of blokes that on paper can win. And the, I wanted to know the reasons as to why we're not winning. I've said this before, but um, my biggest concern, uh, and we can't wait, the, we can't wait uh, till the end of the year to make a decision on coach for next year. But it would be concerning to me if we started to win games towards the end of the year again, uh, because you that would be three years in a row where we've had very slow starts uh, with good good finishes. Uh, it starts to become a question of whether Dean can actually get the team up at the start of the year, regardless of who the personnel is. You know, quite quite often we do finish, you know, pretty strongly, but then we all say to each other as Bulldogs fans, too little, too late. I mean, we, we can try and get to that top eight. And la- was it last year, year before, we had that chance right at the end of the year. We, we ended up winning, what, five out of the last six or five out of the last seven we, we did? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, before we touch on Kieran Foran, Scotty, uh, anything to add to this? Oh, I was just absorbed in the great conversation. I was happy to sit out. Uh, Dean <laughs> Pay, if I go by last night's performance and I'm the CEO of the Bulldogs, I'd probably put a two-year contract extension to him. We didn't lose the game on lack of game plan. We didn't lose the game. Like, we didn't... The players had effort. Like, one of the actual weirdest things I might say of last night, a highlight of mine was when Gargai streamed away down the sideline, Tolman, Jackson, Smith, Crichton, Dallin Montelli-Zesniak, they all chased, right? You've already lost the game. The game's been lost. So if they're not playing for their coach, you wouldn't do that. Like, you wouldn't put yourself on the line when you've already lost the game. And these players all chased, and they made him score in the corner for making the goal kick harder. I know he got the goal anyway, but still, you wouldn't do that. If that was, I think if that was Brisbane and that happened, you would not see many players chase. And we saw a big junction of their players chase all the way to the end. So I'm just thinking I might sound like Dean Pay here, but I think if you get one or two quality good players, like a good fullback and maybe a hooker, I reckon we start looking towards that top eight. Uh, I'd agree with most of that. I'd say I'd give him a 12-month deal. Fair, fair. That's what I mean. That's fair, but... I just I think you always say he keeps saying that if I had one or two quality players and I looked at it, watching it last night watching the attitude it was finally good to actually see the players faces after a try scored you know when you watch TV cuts to a replay straight to the goal kicker watching them 
last night. You can see the disappointment in their face. I do remember Montoya actually being very upset with that intercept pass he threw at the end. When he was talking to Nick Meany, he would look furious with himself. Um, But these are players who are playing for their coach still, so he's not like I don't think he's lost the dressing room. I think that's a silly thing to say, and because you wouldn't chase. Why would Tolman and Jackson chase a winger? That's chase like that, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'd go pay for two years just to finish that. That's my opinion. Were you about to say something there, Andrew? Oh no, I was just agreeing. Okay, yeah. sweet. Uh, I was just going to move it on to Foran. I reckon we resign him. I think he's an asset, especially if he, we get it like a cut price deal, uh, which he's already um, admitted to that he'll have to take. Uh, Scott, what do you reckon? Keep Foran or look elsewhere? I feel there's been like a few. The start of the year, I said there's no chance we're going to keep him. There's no chance we should even consider keeping him. And now that I'm saying that, yeah, if he comes at a good deal, take him. He looks good on the field, but I still get concerned. I still have my eye elsewhere for, um, like, a Jackson Hastings in the Super League. I'll, I think if, if Andrew listened to last week's podcast, I went on and rambled on about how much I like Jackson Hastings. So um, something like that, and a Matt Burton from Penrith, and maybe a Dryfield from Parramatta. Those are three players off contract. Uh, Andrew, what's your uh, opinion on foreign? Um. As I said before, he's a, he's a whole class of his own. Um, I enjoy watching him play on the field. Um, but again, if we get him at a, a good price for what he's worth, um, you know, counting in the fact that he is injury prone, um, we do need to see it that way. I would like to see Foran uh, re-sign, but definitely not at the at the bucks he's on right now. I'd also like to add only like a 12-month extension because I don't know when his body's going to give it in. Like you see him limp around, I wouldn't be investing a two-year deal. I think that's way too long-term for someone like his body. I don't know what your opinions on that are. I I agree with 12 months, yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. All right, uh, the last bit of news that I want to speak about, uh, Scotty, uh, Brendan Wakem came out uh, pre-Souths game and said, I don't like any other club. And he wants to play his best to get uh, every week and let every single one of the other clubs are a rival. I, I loved hearing that. That was music to my ears. What did you think? I love it when a player does that. But also in saying that, I feel like he's one of the... It was bizarre. I wasn't expecting it from Wakeham at all. I was expecting that from maybe someone who's... Uh, his performance has been really inconsistent, Wakeham. He played a really good first half last night. I thought he was outstanding. And then he played a very poor second half. Um... He hasn't strung too many good performances. He's a bit up and down. Uh, he definitely shows more talent and more potential than, I think, Lachlan Lewis. So I'm happy to stick with him for a little bit. But I thought being in that position, you might not want to put a target on your head. Andrew? Um, yeah, no, I, we, we've Wakeham. I, I like, I did watch, uh, like watching him play last night. Um, yeah, he was very vocal in the first half. He, you know, sort of looked ahead and knew sort of where to tell players where to sort of run and you know, it was very enjoyable but uh, as you said Scott you know it was a very very sort of mediocre second half and he wasn't out there he wasn't amazing but he wasn't even one of those ones that kept it going he was just kind of like there as a player and it wasn't really interacting much all right, perfect. Uh, Scotty, did you have has, have I left anything out uh, for news this week? Uh, look at on your face. Uh, it looks like I have. 
All right, hit us. Yeah, you have. Um, last night they advertised the next home clash, which is against the Parramatta Eels, at in August the second, I believe, on the top of my head, was going to be hosted at Bankwest Stadium. As a matter of fact, it's been moved to ANZ Stadium. We're returning home back to ANZ where crowds of 10,000 are permitted at this current point. Who knows? Maybe in a month's time it might be 15,000 at ANZ. But that's home for us. I love my ANZ Stadium. I love it when Steve Allen says, welcome to ANZ Stadium. (laughs) Oh, mate. (laughs) From a personal point of view, I'm devastated. (laughs) Last, Last night, just to give a, a bit of a picture, I left my house um, to catch a bus that was on my doorstep that dropped me off at the doorstep of Bankwest Stadium. I think I walked 50 steps probably from my house into my chair at Bankwest Stadium. Um, it was so easy. Kind of a little bit, uh, a little bit upset we're going back home. <laughs> For those who are wondering, it is the 2nd of August, a Sunday 2pm kickoff. Great time slot. Bulldogs vs Eels will be back at ANZ Stadium. Since the first time since we've had the Cowboys with no crowd. So we get it. It's exciting. Except for, not for you, but I think Andrew will agree with me. It's good to be back home. <laughs> not for an Eels game. I mean, uh, my missus is an Eels fan. And uh, I've got to put up with that. Wow. <laughs> I'm How do you that? <laughs> for, for 80 minutes we hate each other trust me fair enough fair enough well, well, right, you. right now she's at the top of the ladder so yeah you can't say much that's a deal breaker for me yeah. <laughs> it's alright we'll flip the ladder upside down where they've been covered up the top <laughs> I think we might be lucky Scotty uh, both your partner and my wife uh, have become big dogs fans so well Very done lucky. to us. Well done <laughs> to us. Many of hours of many of hours lost, but to get that to happen, I'm pretty proud of myself. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't say lost. Anyway, oh, um, yeah, it's a better word, not lost. <laughs> I have managed to get a bulldog's jersey on the misses. Wow! So <laughs> a para eels fan wearing a bulldog's jersey—that's that. That's I a new one. Heard that before? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, guys, we've been trying to do stats of the week. And this week, what we've come up with is uh, Dallin Watelli-Zorosniak. He's come on a few stats of the week, hasn't he? Not for the right reasons, unfortunately. Uh, but he's currently fourth on the all-runs list this season. He's behind Nickel Klotstadt, Clinton Gufferson, and Roger Tovasek. I thought that was quite high, actually. Well, good on him. I mean, the more he runs the ball, the better he is. Um, unfortunately... <laughs> He does have the odd error, and that's why he's made a few stats of the week, unfortunately, for him. But we all know he's most dangerous when he's running hard. He looks dangerous all the time when he runs hard, and straight in he runs like a maniac. He shouldn't be running that hard at people four times the size of him. He but he does to, it anyway. He needs to run straight, not sideways. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, thoughts on that one, mate? No, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, he does make his errors, but, you know, once, he's, once his head's in the game, you know, he's pretty dangerous out there for us. Absolutely. And uh, we don't have team list, but this week we're up against the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, overall head-to-head stats, we've played 58 there. We've won 23, lost 32 of them, and uh, two draws. While we're versing the Broncos, I mean, we've, had to, we've got to have a change. I know we don't have the team list in front of us. We know Adam Elliott's not going to be there. So 
can we put our coaches' hats on and have a bit of fun and see what 17 would come up with? Not as in, like, in detail, just the changes, what you'd come up with? Put okay. on the spot? Put us on the spot. Uh, I'd bring Luke Thompson in for Adam Elliott and then reshuffle the pack. Oh, you can't just say reshuffle the pack. There could be anything. It could be Jerry Marshall <laughs> King at prop. If I think I'd... I think I'd go with you guys and we'll put Sue at lock and then um, we'll have um, Tolman and uh, Tuamunga to start at the props. Thompson on the bench. Napa? Oh, yeah, he's dropped. Two bench. <laughs> <laughs> We're just confirming, just confirming the milestone man dropped look, from last week. Look, I'm a big fan of Tuamunga, so I'd like to see him get more opportunity. I'm a fan yeah. of um, Napa's size, um, but yeah... You're right. I mean, he's, he's not really that great for us. When it was back at the Roosters, it was fantastic. I thought, beautiful. We got this big bloke and he's going to be a superstar for us. No. <laughs> yeah, difference between, uh, like, he was playing impact off the bench, wasn't he, at the Roosters? And now he's starting front row for us. So He did start towards the end. He played a bit of lock as well. But also, you know he's in poor form when he has yet to score a point on the, the Bulldogs fans' player of the year. He's on duck egg. He hasn't even got. He hasn't cracked one yet, and that's a bit concerning because pretty a few sh- other Jack sure, on too. Um, pretty sure, fan of the podcast, Steve Allen actually made a mention of the Player of the Year on the podcast last night. <laughs> well, Tolman, no, no, no. I meant uh, in his announcing. <laughs> remember, we're, we're mucking yes. around joking yes, about yes. that no, last yes, night I of the do game. Remember that? I do remember that actually. A good friend, right. of, a friend of ours. All right, Scotty, quickly tell us how you changed the lineup and then we're going into Old Dog. I would, uh, I would chuck Nick Meany back at fullback. I'll put Dallin back on the wings. I might even do an Andrew and, say, put Christian Crowden at centre and Remus on the wing. Just give him a swap. There um, we go. I would have Sienna Katoa starting at hooker and uh, I would have Jack Cogger on the interchange bench. I think I gave Jack Cogger two points the other week and then got he's out the side. So there'd be no Holland. And... Uh, Jacob Villio goes in there somewhere, so I would probably say, oh, I might have to put Jake in for Christian Crichton. Or Monsell Montoya. Well, I was going to have Cogger on the bench for Holland. Oh, there you go. So I was going to actually have Katoa at hooker and Cogger on the bench to be backup for hooker. Not backup, yeah. but I can only play 20 minutes because Katoa hasn't played any football this year. He actually missed the round one New South Cup game because he was a chance of playing the round two game. And then Avilio got the nod over him. So Katoa hasn't played much, so I don't think he'd, with the new rules, he hasn't seen. He's only seen the new rules as a almost as a fan, I guess you could say, as a player like you know watching. He I think that played... would suit him, though. Sorry, the way he plays, I think the new rules would suit Katoa. Yeah, I'll just be concerned about the tackling aspect, the defensive aspect for him. So I'd have Cogger in the bench because I thought Cogger went beautiful at hooker the other week as well, and uh, I'd say maybe Jacob Villio. In the centre, I would have almost a battle off between uh, Monsilla Montoya and Christian Crichton. Who buys the coach the most coffee this week gets to play between them two. <laughs> yeah, Avrilo needs to be back on the side as well. I think he was rested after the concussion. Um, That's correct. Andrew, anything to add to that before we jump into Old Dog? Uh, no, I mean, you guys pretty much said it straightforward. Um, for me, I just pretty much just swapped uh, Smith and Crichton. And uh, I, was, I was quite happy with the team that we had. I mean... Uh, at, at the game, so uh, yeah, for me, it's just swapping those two. All right, Scotty, you know what time it is. It's my favorite time of the week because I get full control of the show, which you don't like too much. I can see by your face. 
I've gone for an I don't older... mind. I get to sit here and relax for a change. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep coming back. <laughs> I've gone for an old dog who's actually the first Daily M winner at the Bulldogs. Uh, he's a fullback. The reason I've picked the fullback is because I, like I said with Deep Pay, if we had a couple of quality a fullback's one and a hooker's another, we would be all right. So I've gone with a, a, a legendary fullback of the Bulldogs. I thought there's my link for this week. And I've gone with uh, Mick Potter. Yeah, so uh, Mick Potter played for the club between 83 and 88. He scored 14 tries from 80 appearances, um, 56 wins and only 21 losses. So not a bad record there at all. Although, Scotty, he did play more games for St. George. Mm, yeah, he did play out the round 100. He almost got actually a round figure at every club he played at. He got an 80, 121. Yeah, also representing the Western Reds from 95 to 96. Um, yeah, so Mick Potter won the Daily M with the club. What else? What else you got well, there, Scotty? Well, I was just... Well, I did pick him in my top five fullbacks for the club. I picked him very high. I think I had him at number three, and then you were saying that was pretty poor for me to actually do that. But uh, I was just uh, wondering, is he actually another one, a potential coach we can look at? He did toss his hand up at coaching at one stage. And he did coach yeah. Bradford and West Tigers, so I thought I'd bring that up as well. That was another reason I picked Mick Potter. He hasn't been too successful in the NRL, has he? I mean, he was at the Tigers, and Robbie Farrow had any, anyone fired who got in his way. So, I mean... <laughs> Could you be successful at the West Tigers until he was gone? Well, there you go. All righty. All I had for the old dog this week. Old dog. There it is. Okay. Um, all right. It's time to end the show. But last week, we asked a question at the end of the podcast. The question was, during these hard times, what makes you stick it out? It makes you proud to be a Bulldog. And uh, we actually got a very good response, didn't we, Scotty? Yeah, on both platforms, by the way. Yeah, so um, Andrew, after hearing that question, uh, do you want to lead us here with your answer? <laughs> um, I I enjoy uh, yeah, sort of being being able to take the Mickey out of our position. Um, you know, when you last, I mean, with a with a wooden spoon, I mean, we can always cook food for everyone else. Um, yeah, we that's as much as I got so far. Um, I'll think of more throughout the weeks. <laughs> well, um, maybe you could stew on it as Scotty gives his answer to us. Uh, Scotty, what makes you proud to be a Bulldog during these hard times? Well, I'm going to actually get take you an answer. I was actually at a Panthers game a few years back when Panthers weren't doing so good, and I heard the Panthers fan actually say something in the grandstand. So I was over listening to a conversation he had with someone's like, how can you keep going for a team or how can you keep coming back to a team that's losing? And the Panthers fan turned around and said, if you sit here through the bad times, the good times are a hell of a lot better as well. And they feel like they last longer. And when he said that, that clicked to me saying that, you know, through the bad times, the good times feel a lot more better than the bad. When when you sit through the bad times and watch the bad times, mm. I mean, it's not always ideal. But also what makes me proud to be a Bulldog is that um, they were a part of, they're a part of life for me. They've been a big part since I was born into a you know a Bulldogs family that was a social gathering. It was a family gathering where we had family come around and watch games, family going to games where we get to see each other, get to make new friends. So 
what makes me proud to be a Bulldog is not just a football team to me anymore. It wasn't long. It's actually family. It's how we unite as a community. Um, we have so many different fans, different shapes, different sizes, different races and everything. And it's just amazing when that actually, no, but when it kicks off that it's amazing how we unite. I mean, it's just the power of sport, but I think the Bulldogs do it better than any other NRL club, how they unite different cultures together, very different cultures as well. Mm. So what makes me proud to be a Bulldog is all that. Plus it's just, yeah, it's just life. I can't, if you took the Bulldogs away from my life, I would probably tell you there's not much in it after that to be honest with you so yeah i just love the club so mm. much and i would never ever ever i know there's tough times but i'll never give it away in a million years and mm. yeah it, yeah so perfect answer um i should have went first bugger <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that if you like <laughs> look i've actually jotted down a few things but look there's so many things that makes me proud to be a bulldog and while it is frustrating at the moment, I wouldn't be caught doing anything else but sticking it out and being there with our team. Uh, like you said, Scotty, you'll make the good times even better. And really this answer, I could go on for about 30 minutes and do an episode just on that. But I'll just <laughs> say this. What makes me proud to be a Bulldog in these hard times is the fact that I can go out to a game, be a part of the Bulldogs community, and while I was standing uh, at the front of the stadium gates, that none other than Steve Mortimer could come up, line up right behind you, and have a conversation about our club. To him, it's just as much our club, as in the fans' club, as it is for the players or the former players or the club's personalities. And to see his passion and how much he cares about the fans being there for the club uh, is incredible. At one point during our conversation last night, he said uh, to my wife and myself, please don't give up on us. And that just shows how much he cares about uh, all the fans and how much, uh, like you said, Scotty, family... Uh, not just uh, family that meet at games, but um, family of the Bulldogs community as a whole. Uh, mm. It's massive. Uh, Andrew, before we start reading out some of the responses on uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, did you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah, you guys pretty much summed it up. But um, yeah, we we are part of this club, and uh, and it is part of our lives. Um, I mean, we, you guys do the podcast because you guys love the club. Um, we all go to the games. We we wouldn't have gone to the game if we didn't like our club. Um, but no, we love our club. We'll go to the game. We'll go support them, win, loss, draw, hail, hail rain, shine, everything that sort of you know makes us feel proud to actually be there with our team. Um, we'll support them through thick and thin. And that's why I love to see the fact that we had, you know, three... 3,800 of us out there last night. I mean, it wasn't a great number for uh, for a Sunday evening, but it was showing the fact that there's still people there that will still come and watch us thick and thin, and they'll still enjoy every aspect. Absolutely, and I think a lot more probably goes into why it was only 3,000 last night. 6.30 Sunday, people work Monday mornings like myself, but some people uh, <laughs> can't go to the game and wake up at 5 a.m., um, but <laughs> things like the COVID situation, a lot of people, I think, would just be waiting till um, till it's like, pretty it's much co- open. To, yeah, it's completely back to normal before yeah. heading back to like big uh, mass gatherings like that. Anyway, and that's actually really surprising. The fact that there were still three thousand eight hundred people there that would, yeah. you know, even just go go out there and risk the you know, the whole COVID situation just to watch our team play and. Just the, the amount of passion that was there. 
I mean, you, you heard the crowds chanting last night. Yep. Well, well, we heard the Souths chanting last night, but we heard us chanting as well, cheering <laughs> and everything. And yeah, you know, it, it was amazing to watch, and it was it was just made me happy to be back watching the footy and being back with my club. Well said. Um, I don't know. Like I said to you, Scott, last night, if it was at the MCG at this stage, I don't know if I'd be there. <laughs> I would, I would take the risk. But I was going to add to my actual answer. What I was thinking, it's funny when we gathered in our group last night and sat next to each other, and we started talking about the game, and we all said to us, "Are we going to win? Do we think we're going to win?" And all of us said, "Actually, no, we're not going to win." And how easy we were confident to say we're not going to win, but from the moment the ball kicks off. The whole energy changes to you think you're going to win, you believe you're going to win. Because that yeah. whole last night, that once that ball gets kicked off, when South scored like in the first six minutes, I said, "Yeah, we still got it. We're still in it." Like, like you know. And from the moment that when that game is played, when I can't, you, you ask me to do tipping when the game gets kicked off, I'll tip the Bulldogs a hundred <laughs> times out of ninety. That's what I'm going to say. They'll tip them all, even if they're not playing. But like, it just takes you away, and it's just something that, yeah, like. Even thinking about like no bulldogs or whatever it was a thing, or uh, how you can hate the club or anything like what makes you proud to be a bulldog, it actually makes me a little bit like you know a bit emotional. And I think you might have heard that in my re- response. I was actually <laughs> did a bit deep there, and yeah. So when we all got there, we all actually believed at half time. We were like, yeah, yeah, we can win this, we can win this. And kick off an hour before kick off, <laughs> we weren't saying that at all. Yeah. So that's all another right. reason. All right, I think that's enough from us. Let's jump into the listeners and uh, what they've given. Give it less. Uh, Scotty, I'll go first. Um, oh, good. Tony S on yeah, Tony S on Twitter. Um, his handle is at uh, Tonus Gold Coast. So that's T O L U S Gold Coast. Uh, he he was the first uh, to respond. So only fitting that he's the first to be read out. He said, uh, "Really happy to see some of." Um, sorry, I'll start again. Really happy to see our new recruits, but more proud of our team that they are giving their best week in week out. I don't support our team for likes. I do it because of my pride in a great team that unites all followers. Beautiful. You got one there? Oh, I'm going to pick up an even one. Okay, while you're sorting that out, at Ollie George underscore on Twitter. Uh, he said he grew up uh, around the corner from the stadium, still lives in the area. Um he says, mug players and coaches and administrators come and go, but I'll always be a bulldog. He's a good friend of the podcast. I, <laughs> he makes me laugh a bit, but yeah, he's got a good point there. You ready, Scotty, or do you want me to keep going? Oh, you keep going at the moment. I've got a match good for good at the moment. Like... Okay. Uh, Alan on Twitter, at last, sorry, Lacetrace Pikeley. Okay. Uh, he says he's been following the club since uh, he was eight. Nothing else matters uh, from season to season. They are my team, good or bad. It's the family club. It's about cheering through the good times and the bad times. Uh, Kel underscore 12 on Twitter. uh, At Kelvin Duca underscore 12. I grew up loving the club. Things will get better again. I feel like, I feel that in times like these, you see who the true supporters are. And I'm a true supporter. Hashtag. Proud to be a bulldog. At Bill Bob Six Loyalty, he says, been following for fifty-three years, and it's only a game to me. A lot worse things happening at the moment. Got to take the good with the bad. Uh, a fairly measured I, response there. 
I was I was actually flicking through the responses and I saw one uh, from Lynx Lewis Jr. He says the passion for the jersey. Uh, and the boys' efforts have been remarkable, and right now they need our support more than ever. Hundred percent. I got one on Instagram. Uh, one of our people who make regular contact with us on Instagram, Vince Barry, uh, saying, "Knowing in a few years, hopefully we can win a premiership. Proud to be a doggy supporter in the good times and the bad. Bulldogs for life." Was the signing so a bit of hope there? Knowing, you know, sticking with the bad times. Um, okay, at AVS underscore fail underscore AUS. Seeing Shifty, Ogre and Pricey back at the club. Uh, it's good to see some of the old players return to the club this year as well. Uh, Melissa Felton at Melissa MF10 on Twitter. Uh, knowing in the future we will win another premiership. Hashtag proud to be a bulldog. And one guy uh, who's on Twitter as proud to be a bulldog, uh, his handle is at proud to be a bull, and then the digit number one responded with just two photos. Uh, one was a tattoo of the current bulldog's logo with uh, together forever above it on his arm, and Terry Lamb's signature below it, all tattooed, and a picture of his back that has uh, two bulldogs facing on both shoulder blades outwards with the CB logo or a variation of the CB logo at the top of his neck. Talk about passion, eh? Getting it into your skin. It's with you when you're dead. That, so, love it. That's it. Um, I'm starting to... Oh, no, I've still, still got a few more here. Wow. Okay. Um, I was going to say I'm starting to run out, so you might as well jump in here, Scotty. Uh, at Anderson Council on Twitter, it's not a question, really, when my answer will always be Canterbury, Bakes, Town, Bulldogs. Hashtag proud to be a Bulldog. Uh, Sharon Good on Twitter said history and hope. Uh, and then I think I've come to I've come to Trinosaurus on Twitter. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Wonder what la- he said. He said laughing at ourselves. I enjoyed the tweets I do about the positives of being laxed. Example, the only way is up for us. We can use a spoon to cook, etc. <laughs> He's already used that joke. <laughs> All right, Scotty, you you hit us with a few off Instagram. I'm just going to apologize because I don't know how to use the gram as good as Twitter. So I'll scroll through them. I've just found some. Uh, Aussie Pete, 4529. Because just as any other team, we are the doggies. We we never back down until the end. I think that's true. Going by last night with the chase down. So very good one. Uh, Julian Stimson said, is there any other team to follow? I think not. Gotta love those. Gotta love those doggies. Gotta. Sorry, Carmen Vela. She said, "Because our time is coming, never give up." Oh, we got a person called Doggies for Life on Instagram, aka a little brown boy, which is Twitter. Oh, Instagram handle. Sorry. No matter if we get smashed, but I'll always be proud to be a doggy. Uh, Pat Dezel twenty one said, "Tired of the tired of going down, but when but when the doggies come to town, watch out because there ain't no better style than doggy style." Finished with a hundred. Joanne gave us a lot of love hearts, so I'm guessing that's a lot of love for the Bulldogs. 
We have another one. Even Pena. It's my hood. I'm born in Bankstown. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. One person said, and Harry Harris, his uh, Instagram is anigav33. Our captain, Josh Jackson. Very, very, that one was very, very. And then um, finally, just to wrap this up, we got one from Ethan, a young fan. The effort we put in every week, many more. So, yes, we've a few people can see the effort, can see past the results and actually see players putting their body on the line. So, good results for both our Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, happy with that. Um, and before we sign off this episode tonight, since last week's question got such a great reaction, I thought we may end with another Scotty. Oh man, you're you're good. You're we're good. We're gonna keep it going as long as people are responding. Uh, so, mole this one over the following week. And give us an answer. In your opinion, what is the best jersey the club has ever had? Let us know on the socials, and Scotty will let you know what the socials are. You can follow us on Twitter. That's my domain at NRL Bulldogs fans. You can get us on Insta at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Or you can flick us a lovely email, nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. Get in, that's the way to get in touch with us. And uh, we will read all your answers out like we did tonight again next week. All right. And the last thing to do on this episode is to thank Andrew for joining us on this week. So thanks, Thank mate. Um, it's good to have you and have another voice and have another opinion on the podcast. And I think when Scotty and I uh, first said, let's do a fans podcast, it was always our intention to get other people on here as well. Thanks very much. Thanks for, you for uh, having me again. Uh, it was a blast. I loved it. We look forward to your tweet on the best jersey, mate. <laughs> thanks very much. I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> any thanks, any, um, any uh First up, thoughts on the jersey, Scotty? Jeez. The That's... 90s Hyundai, the 80s jersey, the original I mean, berries. I was going to say maybe got in the original berries, but I did like the Heritage jersey in 2004, the blue, the hoops for the first time. That was hectic. I love mm. that one. So, Which well, is basically first the up, berries jersey. Yeah, Slightly but I, liked, different. Yeah. I did like the... Uh, the uh, I mean, obviously the, the modern twist to it, but also one of the ones I did like was the actual 2015 jersey. I mean, I have to do some research and put some photos together and pick one, but the 2015 one before the players' names on it, and then I had the V, as the V was a big part of the club, and then I had the stripes on the bottom. So the actual berries on the bottom, so it was a good mix of new and old. What about you? Well, I'd have to say the 80s jersey, but... um. What about the Super League jersey? If anyone's out there that likes the old Super League jersey, I know it wasn't popular at the time, but looking back, do you like the old Super League jersey? Um, have a look. Have a think. Get back to us. I think we're done. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank Take you. care.